Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. Monopoly City, one of the most interesting cities in the world. Uh, we're not going to look at casinos. We're not going to look at restaurants. We're not going to look at nightlife. We're not going to look at drinking. We're not going to look at the boardwalk or the beach. What we're going to look at today is the government and whether or not they should change the government. Now, if you're listening in New York City or North Jersey or Nevada or Baltimore or Virginia or Florida where you're dealing with a hurricane – You might ask yourself the question, why should I care what a city that has a population of 37,793 people does with its government? The answer is because, number one, this is a city that has literally hundreds of millions of dollars flowing through it on a monthly basis and kind of matters what government's in power to deal with all that money moving back and forth and if that money's used for something productive or not. Also, I honestly think what they are putting on the ballot this year in Atlantic City, some version of it could be a model for your city or for your state, and it could obviate a lot of the problems that are present in local politics all over the country. Here to help us break it down is uh, one of the people that's uh, that's responsible for this, Matthew James Diulio Giacino. He is, in addition to someone with a very long name, he's an activist and one of the five members of the Committee of Petitioners that got the question of nonpartisan elections on the ballot in Atlantic City. Matthew, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. Thank you for having me on. So uh, you are, um, you, know, you know, sort of a younger libertarian-leading, conservative-leaning activist. But this initiative that's on the ballot this year, 
I see that it has support across the political spectrum, Democrats, independents, conservatives, libertarians. This seems to have a pretty wide pool of support. Why don't we begin by uh, explaining to folks exactly what this proposal is? What are you proposing? What are you hoping to change? Okay, so essentially what what we have now is, you know, your typical June primary and then your general election in November uh, that everybody's familiar with. And we basically have to select between a Democrat and a Republican. And our city is pretty much like every other city in the United States where, uh, you know, the Democrats pretty much take the, the – uh, they take the win pretty much every time. So whoever wins that primary in June essentially wins, and you know the Republicans will put up some sacrificial lamb, and that'll be that. Uh, the, the problem is really is the fact that who 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 wins the primary in June uh, is controlled really by where you end up on the ballot, and where you end up on the ballot is under the sole discretion of the county level chair. So at that point, you have somebody who doesn't live in Atlantic City with executive power over who goes on the ballot and when they go, and that that Democrat majority is going to put them through every time. And so what you have is you have installed puppets, um, puppets installed from Trenton. And as you know, or maybe you don't, we're under a state takeover. So the state has already taken over executive control of our government where all of our decisions have to be approved by the state because we have just – years and years and years of corruption. Um, so what we're proposing to do is, number one, is to make it a nonpartisan election. So the first thing that does is it separates the election date. So our local elections for our mayor, for our councilmen or women, uh, they won't be in November. They'll be on a separate day. They'll be actually in May, and there won't be any parties involved. So nobody will have any executive uh, power over where you're placed on the ballot, right? So everybody will run as an individual, and where you end up on the ballot is determined randomly drawn out of a hat. So it, it gives everybody a level playing field right um, right off the bat. And, and then – sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, so that's, that's one of the benefits to it. And then the winner of the outcome is simply – Whoever gets the most votes in that May election, that person is elected mayor, that person's elected to the city council. Is that right? Uh, well, it's not that simple. They have to get at least 50 percent, right? So if you have a large field of candidates, like seven or eight candidates, and it's split, then and, and nobody, no single candidate gets 50 percent, then the two highest plurality, pluralities, um, they would then go into an automatic runoff one-on-one. Got it. That's similar to how Louisiana does it, right? With right. no, if, if if somebody gets fifty percent plus one, that person's elected. If nobody does, then the top two vote getters face off in a in a runoff, and it's not that dissimilar from uh, what France does in their presidential election. So that's pretty interesting. Now, um, it, what's interesting about this as well, as I mentioned, you're a Republican, but um, four of the nine members of the city council in Atlantic City that includes one Republican and three Democrats, they are all publicly supporting this. One guy that is not supporting this is the mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small. He he said yesterday, the administration is making so much progress, we're getting more things done, and there's a lot of envy and jealousy among my colleagues. What about that, uh, Matthew? Is this a result of envy and jealousy among people that aren't Marty Small? You know, I really wish that were true. 
I really do. But the fact is we have a 41% poverty rate. We have uh, – our crime is getting out of control. We had two people murdered just this Monday morning. And, you know, we, we, we're a small town, realistically, you know, but we have the crime of a, of a large city. And so, I mean, this, I don't see any progress. Everything this mayor promised, number one, he promised he was going to open a shop, right? That hasn't materialized. He promised all these things that he said he was going to do. I mean, we don't even have working streetlights in our city. They all, they, they, they all flicker. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I've seen that. You're exactly right. Um, one yeah, of, and, 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 you know, he's like, Atlantic City is going to be lit. You got to vote for me. We're going to be lit. And it's two years in. We're still flickering. <laughs> How many crooked politicians does it take to fix a light bulb? <laughs> One of the things that I've seen when, when I've debated, because I'm a strong supporter of nonpartisan elections. In fact, yesterday I wrote a memo uh, for a, a prominent New York billionaire urging him to fund a petition drive in New York to do what you're doing in Atlantic City and get it on the ballot in New York. We'll see where that goes. But – Um, uh, One of the things that when I debate this with people privately, when I go to a bar or restaurant and whether it's Democrats or Republicans that are on the other side of this issue, one of the things they always say is, look, there's an ideology that comes with my party. I'm in theory, the conversation will go. I'm a Republican because I'm pro-life, pro-law enforcement, and I believe in in tax cuts. And I want to find the guy on the ballot that is most reflective of my views. So I go into that voting booth, and I may not know all the candidates' names, but I know if the guy is the Republican candidate, there's a pretty good chance that he shares my views. And obviously, likewise on the Democratic end of things. Why is that a flawed system of thinking? Why is your system, the nonpartisan system, better than having a a helpful ideological clue as to where a candidate might be on issues? Well, listen, at the at the national level, when you're talking about large geographical locations and building coalitions, I can understand the argument for partisan politics. However, at the local level, the left right paradigm really just falls apart. The, The Democrat councilman that you mentioned that is endorsing this, um, I, I ran against him last year. I was the Republican who ran against him. And the, the, the interesting part was part of my platform as a Republican now was saying we have to do more and provide more funding to help with the homeless problem that we have. And the Democrat was bragging about how he had stopped a housing development <laughs> that was going to be built to housing. And so that is completely the 180 of what you would think if you were going into it with the ideology thinking that, you know, oh, that Democrat's going to, you know, be more liberal and support homeless people or whatever. And that's just not really the case. And you're, you're talking about a city. That's, we're going to be lucky if we have 3,500 people come out and vote in November in the right. city. Right. So what do you need partisan stuff for? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the sad part is it's made us lazy. Because it's our job as the citizens to research who these people are. Absolutely right. So what you're saying essentially, and if people are just tuning in, we're talking about this uh, proposal on the ballot this year, which I would love to see multiply in cities all across this country. We're talking with Matthew James Diulio Giacino. He's an activist, and he's one of the people that got this question on the ballot this year, this November 8th. What you're saying is almost sounds like the old Fiorello LaGuardia approach to municipal government is there's no there's no Democrat or Republican way to clean a street. And if we're talking about fixing traffic lights, we're not talking about the death penalty or abortion or tax cuts or um, 
or, or invading Iraq when exactly. we're electing the exactly. members of the Atlantic City City Council. And that's exactly an issue I ran into last year. Because I ran for council, I knocked on over 5,000 doors, and I can't tell you, I, I got a lot of positive feedback. But there were also a lot of people that as soon as they heard Republican, they're like, I can't vote for you, you're going to ban abortion. And I'm like, what? I'm trying to fix the road. You know what I mean? Like, or, or if I was a Democrat and I knock on a Republican door and they think I'm going to try and take their guns. Like, no, this is a city council. You know? So we got to just separate our – that's why it's got to go to May. That's why it's got to go to May. It's just got to be a completely separate issue. Um, so that we can have an honest conversation about local issues and only local issues mm. and not have our debates and everything on the same night with our congressional candidates and our uh, our county level candidates and, and our mayor and our council all, all uh, together in the same night having a debate. Yeah, no, well, it's it's a great point. The other the other thing that some people may bring up to your point is since this is going to take place. Um, at a time when th- this is the only thing on the ballot, essentially, the municipal elections versus and not being on the ballot at the same time as elections for president or Congress or governor, they're going to say this is going to mean that there's going to be super low voter turnout. Is that something that voters should be worried about if because there's no uh, big ticket election at the top of the ticket that folks won't turn out to vote in these local elections? That's absolutely false, because. Check this out. And this this actually blew me away because I didn't even realize it was this pervasive. Trenton, the city of Trenton, New Jersey, nonpartisan. Jersey, Jersey City, nonpartisan. Newark, nonpartisan. Every city in the state is nonpartisan, and they have great turnout. I mean, so it just doesn't – and the other thing is this, right? You don't turn out in these cities because, like I said earlier, the winner of the June primary is guaranteed to win. Mm-hmm. So why bother? But if it's a municipal election in May and it's nonpartisan and there's seven or eight different candidates, sure. who knows? Your vote really matters. Now and, that, that's a great point. Are Are you hoping if you're successful in Atlantic City that this is something that will rub off on other municipalities around the country? I do. And, and listen – you know, this is a bipartisan committee, but, you know, me, myself, like you said, I am a Republican. I am conservative. So, you know, I, I think one of the issues that we have with our cities is is liberal policy. And so I think one of the best ways, because I think conservative messaging works. I just think some people, they see the Republican, they see the R, and they think racist, and they, they think extremist or whatever it is that the media has been. And, and so I think if we can just get rid of that, I think we can see a lot of great conservative uh, and, and liberty-focused uh, principles in, in municipalities all over the country. Well, uh, to that point, you, you are seeing a lot of people who were Republicans switching parties to run for office as Democrats, largely on conservative messaging. We've seen it in New York with Eric Adams. He was a Republican, and um, he ran for office as a Democrat, but he ran for mayor largely on a very conservative platform of going after crime, of supporting school vouchers, things like that. Said he'd bring his gun to church with him every Sunday. In Los Angeles, we're seeing the same thing with a former Republican billionaire running for office as a Democrat on a conservative message. Um, What about folks who say that's the solution? Hey, you know, if we recognize that Democrats are going to win all these elections, why not have these Republicans switch parties and run for office as Democrats? Well, listen, I mean, if you want to switch parties and you want to do that, that you can do that, I guess. But the thing is this, you're not going to get 
it's not going to work in a lot of places. I mean, the fact that Eric Adams won, it kind of shocked me. I, I, I thought I thought Yang really had a, had a shot, but I guess I was just way off. Um, but we had that same thing happen last year. We had had a, a openly uh, conservative uh, former state assemblyman uh, ran for mayor in the primary. But unfortunately, the way these primaries are set up is where you get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you have conservative values and, and the Democratic chair doesn't like that, which is what happened, then you get put all the way in column E where nobody finds you. And then you only get 30 percent of the vote because people are just, uh, you know, it's muscle memory. You go straight down the column. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll, I'll ask is the mayor is claiming that this is a, some sort of an attempt by his political adversaries to wrest control of Atlantic City politics from him. He cited specifically Craig Calloway, who's a former member of the city council who actually went to prison for voter fraud. He's a powerhouse when it comes to Democratic politics in Atlantic County. And he mentioned uh, the former Republican mayor of Atlantic City, Don Guardian. And it's true. Craig Calloway did circulate some of these petitions and Don Guardian, I believe, did as well. Does the mayor have a point here that this is just his political enemies trying to get him out of office, essentially? Listen, I also circulated these petitions. I'm I'm the one who got Don Guardian's signature. I went to his house. So, I mean, a lot of people were involved in this, right? At the end of the day, you know, he did. He served his time, and he's a member of the community, and he does care about the well-being of the city. And so he did participate in the drive for the petition. But he wasn't involved in the committee. He wasn't involved in the planning. He suddenly found out about this after the fact and said, yes, I'll help you guys mm-hmm. out with getting these signatures. But that was that to the, to the extent that's it. Well, Matthew, I'm wishing and you the best. As far be- as any, any Republicans at the county level, uh, they have nothing to do with this. I'm wishing you the best of luck, Matthew. Thank you for uh, what you're doing. Keep us posted. And uh, I agree with you. I hope this is a model for a lot of other municipalities around the country, because as LaGuardia said, there is no Democrat or Republican way to clean the street. Thank you. All right. All right. Matthew James DiUlio Giacino. You want to comment? You're welcome to do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.